0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rancho on AM 770 KTTH. We are streaming live on the KTTH smartphone app. Seattle is embracing more speed traps, but they're pretending it's for safety. It's not, but it is what's trending. What's trending on the road. Citing more street racing or those sort of car shows, the illegal ones where they're doing donuts and whatnot. The city council just approved adding 74 speeding cameras. And you know what? I wish we did. Jason tells the future in one of the previous segments we've done on this because I think it's exactly what I said. They originally started with about 12, and I said the intent is to get them throughout the entire city. And this is exactly what they're doing. They're not even going all that slowly. 74 speed cams throughout the city. We do not, in the city of Seattle, have anywhere near that much racing or gatherings to justify 74. In the areas where this is happening more often, say Auburn, they don't have anywhere near enough to justify 74 of their own speed cameras or in Tacoma where it was happening. Not even close And you can tell by the details of their plan that this isn't really about going after speeders from racing. It's just to go after speeders, period, because that's how they collect extra funds for a budget that they're always struggling with. They never have enough money, and this is how they're going to add to it. But here's how you know it's not serious about safety. Como says in their report that under these new rules, a driver first gets a warning when they get that first infraction. But if that same driver commits a second infraction, then they get a citation. Now, remember those people who threw the trash bins and beer and they jumped on the hood of that police car? Happened a couple months ago where later someone died. We think we're going to give that person a warning. You think they care? And by the way, that's even assuming you can even trace where the car is from. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes they're stolen. Other times they just take off their license plates. So please tell me how this is going to do anything as it relates to the criminals who are engaging in this behavior. The juveniles who are engaging in this behavior are smarter than you are. That's how they get away with it. All they have to do is drive down a block and a half away from that speed camera and do the exact same donuts just at a different intersection which undoubtedly is going to happen followed immediately by the same city council saying hey let's now put it over there at that intersection. That's what they're going to do. Part of the reason they're doing this is they want more money, but that is not the only reason. You know why else they're doing this? They want to take cops out of policing. They don't want the officers involved in traffic infractions, including going to one of these races and breaking up a bunch of juveniles. We saw what happened last time. They don't want cops there. And, of course, you have council members, not all of them. Sarah Nelson is an exception, so is Alex Peterson. But you've got council members and other city leaders who believe that it is dangerous for black motorists every single time an officer pulls them over. You have an inspector general of Seattle who put that into a report. And so now they lean into that lazy thinking. They extend that lazy thinking and say, hey, let's just take police out of this completely. We don't even want them showing up to these races. Don't worry. We'll get the license plate of the three cars that showed up. Meanwhile, ignoring the hundreds of people around them who, by the way, are in danger when you're doing those donuts and it gets out of control. That's the other part of this. Because remember, they don't want at a city level, they don't want police officers to have anything to do with traffic infractions. You're not pulling anyone over. It's too dangerous because all those cops are racist. That's what they believe. Now, I'm not saying we don't have an issue with street racing. We very clearly do. And it's happening in... Seattle Central, it's happening in West Seattle, Alki Beach, it's happening in Capitol Hill.
1: Every intersection from here all the way around the point, there's the black marks from them doing their their circles.
0: That's Alki Beach, or West Seattle-ish. We could come up with a plan to go after that, but it would and just go with me here, it might include putting someone in jail, or charging someone with the crime, just saying. Which is why they're not really serious, because they're not going to do that. This is so obvious what it is they're doing. And pay close attention. Seriously, pay, pay close attention to the amount of money that they end up generating from this. That's all that this is about from a financial side, and it's all that it's about from a policing side. More money, less cops. That is a progressives' wet dream. Push the button. What's Trending. Woke Madness. Speaking of wet dreams, let's talk about all the sexual new words that have been added to the
2: dictionary.com. Been talking about wet dreams a lot today. I made three references. Get get over it. Three is probably more than average. This is a PG-13
0: rated show. And sometimes NC-17. But only because I use big words. Like the words in this. Although they're not even that big. So... Dictionary.com just added 566 new words to their dictionary. One of them is just a noise. The other one is a word that we just created. It's an invention. And it's all to forward a gender identity perspective, worldview. They added polysexual and amalgagender gender. Amalgamble. Spell that. Amalgamble. Exactly. Um, You can't. You can't. Don't try. There's an emoji in it. You can't spell it. So polysexual as an adjective, according to dictionary.com, is, quote, nothing or, excuse me, noting or relating to a person who is sexually attracted to people of various genders, but not necessarily to people of all genders. Try to figure out what the hell that means. That's now, a great question. Here's what I think it is. They're trying to make a difference between polysexual and pansexual, which is another made-up term. Pansexual means you want to hook up with everything. You're not attractive, attracted to everyone, but you don't allow someone who identifies as trans or two-spirit or whatever, another made-up thing, you're still interested in that person. It just means you're a little slutty. It means you sleep around. Right? It kind of. Does. It means you have low standards. Basically, um, polysexual doesn't mean. It's another thing. It just doesn't mean anything. Which, by the way, the the whole idea of saying polysexual because you might be attracted to men, female, men, women, trans men, and trans women. All that means is that trans men are not men and trans women are not women. So go ahead, gender extremists, and accept that. So, polysexual, in the example I just gave, it sounds like it would mean you 're attracted to men, trans men, and maybe just females, but not trans females, for whatever reason that 's what i 'm assuming that means relating so that's to a, a person, little hard to track relating to a person who is sexually attracted to people of various genders there's only two dummies, but not necessarily to people of all genders. I want to meet the person who's attracted to everyone except two-spirit.
2: That that shouldn't be allowed, right? That's like
0: a menage a trois, right? If you hook up with a... Right? Uh, technically, yes. I mean, one's in spiritual form, but still. Yeah. Oh my God. What do you think amalg- gender means? Am- amalga? It doesn't say how to pronounce it. A-M-A-L-G-A-G, gag. E-N-D-E-R. Amalgly gender, I guess. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. There. It's an adjective, quote, noting or relating to a person whose gender identity is linked to or impacted by the fact that they are intersex. I thought intersex was a gender. So now you're now there's a subgender. Isn't intersex considered a gender? I think. I thought that was on one of the lists. Where you're I covered this in my book. San Francisco had that, uh, what was it? The um, universal basic income, but was only for people who were other gendered, and they listed like forty seven thousand different genders. I'm pretty sure intersex was on there. So they're saying someone who's intersexed and that informs their other gender. It, it's not. It's not a real. Th- it's it's made up, Max. It's made up.
2: What makes you think that?
0: Because it doesn't exist, and they just added it to the dictionary. Someone this someone this year said, well, "Let's make this up." And here's the funny thing: Have you uh, up until this moment have you ever heard someone say either polysexual or amalga gender? No, never. Right? I, uh, not, not, not. I've never. Maybe heard, I live
2: a sheltered life. Y- you do.
0: <laughs> I don't. I am knee deep in this nonsense. Mm. With two spirits, I've never heard either of those words. Okay. Here's what Dictionary.com says they use, the four criteria as to whether or not they're going to add a new word to their dictionary database. Is it widely used? Does it have shared meaning? Does it demonstrate staying power? And is it going to be useful for a general audience? Do either of those words meet any of those criteria? No. I don't know what, does it have shared meaning? I don't know what that means. Uh, Is it like consistently defined? Maybe that's what it says. But is it widely used? Never heard it used. Never, ever, ever in a million years have I heard that, or in in 41 years, have I heard that either of those terms, frankly, be used. Does it demonstrate staying power? No, because the second that we're done here, I'm not going to remember either of those words. Is it going to be useful for a general audience? What general audience do you have that you think polysexual and abominable gender actually
2: is is accurate or yeah. useful? I, I have no idea. My, my only thought here is they want people to buy more dictionaries to actually look up what these crazy words mean. Here's why you're wrong. Uh, inform me, this is as why I wrong. know you will. Yes, and only someone who's really...
0: At the same level of someone who's amalgamginner will be able to say this. When you control the language, you control the debate. When you control the language, you control the culture. When you control the language, you control the issues. They are legitimizing this. You know why it's now legitimate and an actual thing because they just put it in the dictionary. It makes it real. Before we look at this and say it doesn't mean anything, it's nonsense, it's just some narcissist who wants to sleep around with everyone without getting judged. But now they can say, no, what are you talking about? It's a real thing. It's in the dictionary, dummy. You can put it on Scrabble. You're playing a word on Scrabble. That's not even a word. Let's look it up in the dictionary. It's not even in the dictionary. You don't get any points. You're not getting triple letter score over there. That's not a word. But now you put a malgagender, if you can spell it, you're going to get the triple points depending on how long it is.
2: Are they going to commemorate the first person to use amalgagender in Scrabble?
0: Well, apparently it's widely used and has staying power. It must have already been used before. Wow. I hope people understand, like, what's really behind all of this. When it's just accepted as fact, it means we're no longer allowed to really debate it anymore. At least not without being accused of being a bigot. We're supposed to just accept it. Because one person said, well, I need a word that helps me express my gender identity to my intersex identity. What's the difference? Identities. No, no, I know this is two identity, but what's the difference between the two? Well, they're related. They're interrelated. Inter or intra? They're related. You don't know the difference between? Okay. They also by the way give a definition for intersex, noting or relating to a person, animal or plant having reproductive organs, genitals, hormones or chromosomal patterns that do not fall under typical definitions of male and female. Okay then. Male and female, what about polysexual? Does it fit under polysexual? They don't they don't explain. To them intersex is binary and I thought it was fluid. Let's find out what else is trending.
2: What's trending? The sports ball.
0: Coach Joe Kennedy took his fight for religious liberties all the way to the Supreme Court and he won. He was able to get his job back, but now he's ready to move on, just specifically from this high school. He's still very passionate about coaching and he's still very passionate about ensuring that we have our religious liberties intact. And Joe Kennedy joins me now. Coach, welcome back to the show.
1: It's great to be here, Jason.
0: I've been seeing some of the coverage of your decision. After only one game back, he's leaving. Yeah, because you've been fighting this for almost a decade. You've moved to Florida. It was pretty obvious you weren't going to be able to stay in Bremerton. A lot of this, I, I imagine, had to do with just that symbolism of coming back after this big win, after standing up for religious liberties. Is that the case?
1: Yeah, that had a lot to do with it. I mean, you know, it's been a long marathon of a run. You know, eight years we've we've been together. You and I have been in this fight together, so you know how long it's been. And, yeah, it's, God's timing is so ridiculously perfect that um, I hate to say it's perfect for my father-in-law, but he's got a whole—that's the whole reason we moved here to Ford in the first place was mm-hmm. because of his health. And he just got— some really bad news uh, last week. So, we were just focused on the the Friday game getting to that one spot because that was the finish line for us and I I was planning on sticking out the whole year.
0: Originally that that was the plan, but afterwards it just that was, it yeah, couldn't happen. I had
1: a one-way ticket. It, it was we had our last supper and I've been in the fall camp with them for about a month now and mm-hmm. yeah, after Friday we we said let's, let's figure out what's what's next so yeah. i went to uh, practice monday tuesday wednesday and we made up our mind and that was it we, we we pulled the plug and be able to retire on our own terms and hopefully keep fighting the battle uh without any people you know i'm not in any organization so i i can freely talk as an american instead yeah. of an employee of somebody
0: what was the reception like when you stepped back into that position both from the players their parents and the crowd outside of a little bit of the awkwardness of maybe all eyes being on you
1: (laughs) yeah it it was really awkward for everybody The, the coaches I got to sit down with the head coach and talk to him and we were both seen perfectly eye to eye we said neither one of us have a choice in what we have to do so we'll make the best of it and he did he he was he's a fantastic guy I've left a the football program in very, very good hands, and I I couldn't be prouder of the team. Um, the school, a whole different story. You knew that they were going to be chilly towards me, and they were, and that was to be expected. Uh, the, the, the kids, they don't care, they just want to play football. They thought it was an, a novelty to have me back. So it was it was cool to be part of their lives again and, and see them develop just in a small amount of time.
0: Do you think the school learned any lessons or did they just reluctantly have no. to give in?
1: <laughs> they had to give in, which is really amazing because this started out as just a question. Is a coach allowed to pray after a football game? Somehow along the line, the school district lawyers, they took a position and they dug their heels in and then uh the, I don't even remember what the law group, that special interest group that took over for the school district. Mm -hmm. And they just want to remove any kind of religion from anywhere in the public square. And I I, I can't deal with that. There's no way I could let that just ride. So it became very adversarial and they didn't learn anything. Even after they had to pay for my attorney fees. They, they stole, just referred to this as an uh, eight-year distraction, and I'm sorry, the Constitution is not a distraction, and the First Amendment means something to me.
0: Yeah, and it should mean something to them. Do you think that they would have treated you the same way if you didn't happen to hold the religious beliefs that you hold?
1: Good question. I do know um, we do have uh, people of different faiths there at the school. Uh, I know that they have religious exemptions for um, uh, at least one Muslim. So Mm -hmm. I I think that it's just it's been a free, open season on the the norm of of the way our country is founded. And over the past 50 years, you know, they had. They took god out of the schools and everybody assumes that that's the way it's supposed to be that you can't have religion in the public square well we we just blew the lid off of that and now god's able to be back in in the public sphere in the public square and right there in our school.
0: well and the thing is that's how it always was supposed to be people yeah. are, are either ignorant on the establishment clause or they're choosing to ignore what the establishment clause is and what it's meant for but i mean that the, here, here's the truth of this if we didn't have a republican president who put on the court the justices that he chose this very easily could have gone against religious liberties
1: Right, and that, that's a scary thought because of something, you know, I just wanted to coach football. I, I didn't want any of this mess. Well, God turned it around and made it a national thing, and look at what it did. It turned it around. That was my biggest fear was losing and them upholding the 12th Circuit Court of Appeals where they said any display of religion in the public square or at school, you could be fired and terminated for Imagine that in America if you just wore a cross or a yarmulke or yep. um, you're a Muslim and you had to happen to grow the beard or whatever, you name it. And that's not what America's about. And somebody needed to stand up and say enough is enough. And God just made me the perfect guy to, to take on that fight.
0: Have you been getting a lot of support nationwide? Have you been surprised by any of the reaction?
1: You no, know, i i knew that uh i I've, I've had most people can't even believe that i went back to the same school that <laughs> fired me and i said maybe you don't understand the principle of things exactly but i you know i never give up a, a, a fight and so of course you're gonna have the naysayers you're gonna have the people said oh you planned this all along blah 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 well if, if they ever take on an eight-year court case and finally come across the finish line, then then they could be in a position right. to tell me what's right and wrong for me and my family.
0: Exactly. I mean this whole idea that you you, you chose to do this because you wanted to make a big stink. And, you know, here at the end of the day, here's the deal. If you did any of this intentionally because you wanted to make a point about religious liberties, great. I'm all on board if that was the case because these are important mm-hmm. liberties that
2: we have.
1: Yes, but um I you know you've known me for a long time. Yep. I am not crafty enough <laughs> or smart enough to think up an eight year plan like that. I would have to be the criminal mastermind <laughs> to to do that.
0: I feel like there were, you would have been a little bit more efficient with the time. You, maybe a oh, few yeah. months, but not eight years.
1: <laughs> well, what's, Absolutely.
0: What's next for you?
1: That's the million-dollar question. I've been asked that so much. Uh, we talked about going into ministry, but, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the Bible. I'm trying to love God and love others, and I fail at that every day. So I will have to get educated on some of the – uh the the spiritual side of things and um we want to help people i, I, I know we're going to continue to fight for religious liberties we're going to fight for the first amendment the second amendment you name them i'm going to fight for them i will stand up and use the platform to help out any american that feels like they've been trodden on and their constitutional rights have been infringed on i will stand with them
0: yeah look you have now a platform you have uh, the gift of a platform on something that i think is really important Uh, I think you can explain away a lot of the problems that we're seeing because we've turned away from God. It doesn't have to be a religious institution even. Just this idea that we're less spiritual and less in line with, with any kind of moral compass I think leads to a whole lot of problems. But whatever you do... Amen.
1: Well, we see that. We absolutely yeah. see that in our country right now. We, we try to look at the president and, oh, Congress is going to save us, but <laughs> we know where that's taking us. So yeah, okay. we, have we as Americans, like you said, have to stand up for ourselves and govern ourselves. It's our God-given right.
0: I love it. Well, whatever it is you do next, I'm sure you'll be a huge success. Coach Joe Kennedy. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. The IRS is getting more aggressive. If you owe money, please don't take them on yourself. Go with someone who actually knows what he's doing. Greg Nunn, our local tax expert and advocate of None Better Tax Resolution. N U N None Better Tax Resolution. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show.
2: Olympia, Sammamish, Lakewood, Bellevue. This is The Big Local on The Jason Ranch Show. Bellingham, Kirkland, Seattle. Stories about you, not about
1: Seattle.
0: Hey, look at that, 4.30 on a weekday afternoon. That means it's time for the Big Local, brought to you by Alpine Specialty Services. They're online at alpineclean.com. This is the part of the show where we completely ignore stories coming out of Seattle and instead focus all of our attention on the communities you live in and care about most. We start in Bainbridge Island or on Bainbridge Island because it is a perfect example of the failures of government. Como is reporting that Bainbridge is working out contingency plans as a way to prepare for Ferry (laughs) Ferrymageddon. A week without ferry service for anything other than foot traffic, pedestrians. You can walk on, you can walk off, but that's about it. It started today. It's going through September 13th. And with any luck... It'll actually end on September 13th, but if it goes the way it normally does, it's probably October 13th, and you're not going to be able to leave Bainbridge Island at all. Now, Washington State Ferries is using this entire week to work on construction of a new pedestrian walkway at the Bainbridge Island Ferry Terminal. And the project is apparently so large And it includes so many moving parts, according to Como, that there's going to be no service for bicycles, electric scooters, motorcycles, or any vehicle, including no delivery trucks. Which is obviously a problem if you own a business there and you get deliveries on delivery trucks. Pegasus Coffee is a business that spoke to Como TV and said, Oh my gosh, we rely on deliveries from Seattle. And now you're telling us the vendor has to drive all the way around, going over the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, and then find another ferry route just to get here. In fact, it would be probably faster to put it in a cannon and just constantly fire the product over to us, and eventually it'll fire long enough. We'll get that perfect angle, and it'll land on our doorstep. So they're going to do this starting tomorrow. If you hear any big boom, it's going to be the coffee beans. I like that idea. Yeah, I actually kind of would look at that. They're getting wider and more straightforward walkways with heat and some seating. That's part of a $33 million project. That somehow couldn't be devised, couldn't be considered without completely shutting down access to anything but people. I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to bring a bike even. Not that I I don't know what that number of people is because of the space. It doesn't take up that much space.
2: Could you do roller skates? That's a great question. I, I find it bizarre that there wouldn't be enough room for people to bike. Or a scooter. That's weird. Right, I mean, so a, a one person can walk
0: one at a time, but they can't be on there. But that doesn't make. I'm gonna say you can take your roller skates, and if you if you get denied, you're gonna videotape the denial, and then you're gonna contact me, and I'm gonna do a big story because that's unfair. But I roller blades, not roller skates, because you know, it's 2023 man. What's wrong with
2: roller skates? Yeah, it's for old
0: people. You can't stop. How do you stop by leaning forward? That's just stupid.
2: I mean, yeah, I understand that. What idiot thought that that was the best?
0: Like, you realize, okay, I need some sort of rubber material that will stop the speed, the velocity that I'm going on. Right? You thought of that? Yeah. Why would someone who puts it on the front not sit back and say, why don't we put it in the back? Would that make
2: it any easier? Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Have you never been on rollerblades? It's in the back. No. Oh, my God.
2: Have you? Yeah.
0: Rollerblades. I'm 41 years old. That was a thing when I was a kid.
2: I guess so. That was
0: a while back. And the the Slinky. Well, I had a Slinky. And Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. When we could have gendered toys. Now it's just a (laughs) potato. They don't even have (laughs) facial features. The eyes are too feminine. Or the mouth is too masculine, so they just give you a stupid potato. Ron rides the ferry. He had to change his schedule, but he sounds like a trooper. He spoke with Como TV.
2: I'd be on the 705, but there's no 705 this morning, so I had to get up at O-Dark 30 and get here for the 620. So we'll see.
0: I mean, I think we're all, you know, we work to be adaptable, Mm -hmm. and we understand they they need to do this. Uh, So, you know, hopefully we'll learn to manage. Okay, well, you, you got up at, oh, dark 30 or whatever you said, but then you also say, oh, you know, well, we can figure this out. Sounds like you were being
2: a little passive aggressive, honestly. I like Ron. I like that energy that he brought. What energy? I don't know. The oh no, There was quite the, literally no exa- energy. That's the point. I, I thought was, it was funny that they interviewed the most lifeless guy that they could find, and he said something mildly amusing. Oh, my god! Better than most
0: local news. Okay, fair enough. At least he added something that was relevant, and he spoke for more than four seconds. King County Council is thinking about making a $19 an hour minimum wage for unincorporated King County, this after forcing them to carry cash. And when I say they're thinking about it, it means they're 100% going to do it, which means you've got businesses in very small cities like Edgewick, Seahurst, Cedar Falls, maybe even Palmer, although I think Palmer has 55 people who live there. They probably don't have a business, but you get my point. These are small areas that are now being asked, what is the population of Palmer, Washington?
2: Uh, The area is 3,500.
0: Palmer, Washington? That's what it says. Really? Okay. Then I was way off. Then maybe there are some. What's Edgewick? I've got a guess. I've got a guess. I have a guess. Except I might be confusing it with Edgewood.
2: What is your guess? Fifty seven thousand. It says twenty-seven. I've never heard of Edgewick. Where is that? It's by Edgewood. It's the Wick part of the Edge. So Uh. (laughs) they're they're struggling,
0: these people. They're probably struggling every day, just like every other business. Now we're telling them, Hey, let's have you spend even more money on your staff members while simultaneously telling you how to operate your business, even though we have no experience as business people at, at all. And you look at these details and like so many other plans, there's the, the the sort of a, they start off slow. It's like a ladder. If you have X amount of employees, you start here. If you have more, you start there. And they bring it in slowly. But when I hear plans like that being implemented, it seems to me that this is just about going after the companies and telling them how to spend money than it is about helping people. Because let me ask you something. A guy who works at a small business versus a guy who works at a large business, are they equally as valuable as human beings from a financial standpoint? Do you care about helping both of them? Yeah, in theory, yes. Right, You you should. I mean, certainly if you're increasing the minimum wage, you're not just saying, I want people who work for a big business to, to stop from struggling to get by. And those people in the small businesses, you asked for it. Why don't you work for a big corporation? They supposedly treat them the same. And yet I'm looking at the proposal, and it's phased in. The smallest businesses in unincorporated King County that have 15 or fewer employees and less than $2 million in annual revenue... The minimum wage starts at $1,599. nine. Mid-sized businesses with between 15 and 500 employees would initially only have a minimum wage of $1,699. And the ones that are the larger ones that have more than 500 employees, however many of those exist in unincorporated King County, I don't know, but presumably, you know, a good chunk. You have to go directly to it's technically 1899 So tell me this, why is it that the person who works at the small company, why don't they deserve right now or whenever it's officially implemented? 1899. You're saying that this is all to help people who are struggling to, to pay their bills. So why should the person in the small business wait a year or two years or whatever it ends up being when, when we see the final legislation, the final legislative language? Why? What's the answer to that? Why is it? Well, you're going to say it's, well, because, well, bigger businesses probably can handle this more than the small businesses. Correct. What makes you think that just simply phasing it in over time changes the reality for those small businesses? And why do you automatically assume that those bigger businesses can handle this either? That's not your job. You're a lawmaker. If you want to run a business and you want to create policy for a business where you're pretending to care about the workers to the point where you're going to pay them more than they're worth, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that, Rod Dembowski, Garmay Hille the two county council members who introduced this, go ahead and start your own business. But you're choosing not to do it. Instead, you're telling other people how to operate their businesses, businesses you don't truly even care about. Because if you did, you would actually help them with tax relief, not with new burdensome programs, laws, policies, whatever it is. Whether it's cash only, you're taking away their ability to just do credit cards. So now you're telling them $19 an hour for a barista. Got it. And then finally, three people reportedly died from the listeria outbreak connected to the Frugals milkshakes. Well, they restarted sales of milkshakes. And I have to assume the only person, two kinds of people will consume milkshakes from Frugals moving forward. One, somehow you miss the news cycle, you have no idea that it was a thing. You didn't hear anything, read anything, nothing, and you were just like, I don't even know why it's been closed. Finally, it's open again. Or number two, Fatty McFatface. Th- that's the only time, well, right?
2: I, yeah, there, well, there's that one guy that they interviewed that was, that was standing out there. Well, well, I'm still drinking the milkshakes. I don't drinking. care. Well, you know, it happens. That was great. I love that so, guy. You
0: know Sometimes people get listeria and die. Oh, okay. I'm out. I would never do that. They gave a statement to King 5 saying that the milkshake machines have been tested and the results have come back negative for listeria Frugals in Port Angeles, Tacoma, Auburn, Spokane, you got 3 Frugals in Montana and I believe all but the one that was tied to the deaths reportedly is going to be reopened. The milkshake machines from its 6 locations outside of Tacoma have all been independently lab tested and as expected all samples came back negative for the presence of listeria well at some point they were all negative for listeria and then at some point and got listeria I'm less concerned about you cleaning them now than I am cleaning them in the future because that that was the argument that that came from DOH or uh, I think it was DOH basically saying they didn't properly clean the milkshake machine and that's how this happened now again it clearly was a mistake they obviously didn't intend to do it but I wouldn't I'm not taking that risk (laughs) This is the equivalent of getting on a plane after you just see one crash. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to take a train. Or I'm just not going to go on vacation this time around. I'll take a ferry. If, But no, never mind. I can't even get to it. I was going to ride on my rollerblades and all of a sudden, like, you can't get on the ferry. 1-800-465-8770. Don't forget the weekly video update online right now at facebook.com slash Jason Rancho. Taking you through the... Lunacy of Pramila Jayapal's anti-gun views It's brought to you by your local tax expert and advocate Greg Nunn and Nunn Better Tax Resolution When we come back you get to pick the next story Story number one Bill Maher lectures liberal media On mocking the base of Donald Trump's campaign Or story number two Flight passenger feels dizzy After a man put a certain body part On her armrest Which body part? If you're truly curious you'll vote for that story 1-800-465-8774, 1-800-465-8774, your text. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show. You picked the topic on The Jason Ranch Show. Oh, indeed you do. Let's talk about the passenger who felt dizzy because a man put his bare feet up on her armrest. Now, before we dive into this, she did not actually feel dizzy. That's a lie. She's making it up. And I think she's doing that because she wants to bring even greater attention to the grossness of what's happening in the story. But the fact of the matter is she doesn't need to do that because it's already gross. It's just absolutely disgusting. Her name is Pran Priya. She's 27 years old. She was traveling on a low-cost airline from Bangkok, Thailand to Min City, Vietnam. And while she was there, she says she started to smell something. (laughs) And because this wasn't Seattle, it wasn't fentanyl on the bus. It was a foot on the plane. She looked down to her right. She noticed the passenger in the window seat behind her had put his bare foot up on her armrest. Oh, my God. She said this passenger kept trying to move around, trying to find a more comfortable sleeping position. Because remember, these are very small seats. This is an economy flight. He's just trying to take a nap and it's hard to sleep while seated. So he's trying to curl himself up a little bit and puts both of his stupid stinky feet on the armrest. And the woman takes a selfie with a a very exaggerated look on her face about how unhappy she is. But the gross feet are there. She said she was uncomfortable with the idea of confronting the person directly about his bad manner, so she decided to take out her phone and record the moment. Even if she wasn't uncomfortable, she would have done that too, because she hopes to be a TikTok influencer. And while she didn't quite attain that, she did go viral. She saw the man's feet and said, I must, I must draw you. I must photograph you. And it is really disgusting. It's, seriously, it's really disgusting. She said, I tried to shift in my seat to make him aware of my discomfort, but he didn't notice me. She's speaking with viral press. She said she signaled to a flight attendant, per Fox News, who then asked the passenger to remove his feet from the armrest, and ultimately he complied. His feet were smelly and dirty. I felt it was unhygienic to have them on the armrest. Imagine, by the way, what was on the armrest beforehand. Because, again, I'm willing to bet your cost-cutting airline from Thailand probably wasn't properly doing a deep clean. Because none of the airlines here, I think, do an actual deep clean. Then I tell the story. I reached down into the side of the chair and I pulled out globs of hair. Just long, stringy hair. Ugh. She then wiped down the armrest when he moved his feet, and she went on with her life. So we hear stories like this from time to time, right? The person who's behind you who's a nightmare for whatever reason. Sometimes it's a kid or an adult who keeps, like, banging into the back of your chair, and then sometimes it's something like this. And while I can't say I've experienced a barefoot before, I've certainly seen other people doing it to some because i'm in first class they're not able to do that with me we're a special kind of person up front i've definitely seen like images or videos online of something similar not not as egregious i don't understand why people are so gross and inconsiderate and and i get that you're casual and you want to be comfortable like i get all that believe we all want to be comfortable but there's some rules for flying on a plane or just existing in public, and I think maybe keeping your shoes on should
2: be one of them. So you don't think it? Even if you keep your feet like under your chair, to yourself, you can take your shoes off on a, a longer flight. If you've got clean socks on, yes, never barefoot. No, no, barefoot would be weird. That's I, wouldn't, bad. That's I wouldn't want my bare too. feet to yeah. touch whatever's been on the airport. But I take like if I'm flying to Dallas or something, that's a four-hour flight. Do I'm your gonna... feet smell? I do you don't know that. So. Yeah,
0: you don't know that. So why don't do you want, ask
2: someone? Do you, no, want me to...
0: you smelling him, it's like when someone has BO, they don't always realize they have You don't have have BO. know when you have
2: BO? I definitely do. Well, if
0: you've, well, because when you have BO, you've got BO. But sometimes people don't realize, because they're only in their disgusting body odor all day, they don't sometimes realize it. Or like with breath, you don't know if you have bad breath. You can't smell your own breath. Sometimes you can sense you have bad breath because you know what you just ate. And people are starting to look at you weird and turning away from you. But although with you, that's normal. They turn away when you're talking to them. I I would say if you've got clean socks on and your shoes don't smell, yes. But that's only on long-haul flights. If you're going from Seattle to San Francisco, it's two and a half hours. No, keep the shoes on. If if you're uncomfortable in those shoes, get new shoes. That's on you. Now, if you're going from Seattle to New York or, or Florida, if you're going to Seattle overseas, Unless it's Canada, like Vancouver, no. Toronto, yes, you can do that. But keep them underneath the chair in front of you. And by the way, don't sit with your legs crossed Indian style, like on the actual uh, chair, getting your
2: feet. So your foot's touching
0: somebody in the middle seat? Or even just touching your seat. They don't clean the chairs afterwards, right? Maybe they do a quick spritz of the Lysol, but that's about it. They're not doing anything beyond that. It's just disgusting. And I used to look at people who during COVID and I'm still judging them because of the reasons why they did it, but when they would take out the little wet nap and they would wipe everything down, it didn't that's not how we got COVID. And they seemed to just be going overboard, but now as a more seasoned flyer, I do start to to see the wisdom in that. And I won't I'm not to the point where I'll bring my own wet nap, but sometimes they'll give you a little wet nap. When you get on board, at least in, in uh, first class because we're special and we don't care about the germs and the the plebeian seats, then I'll do a quick little wipe down.
2: Well, in theory, if you're first class, the poor people germs shouldn't be up there anyways. Well, you walk past us and all you're doing is shedding germs.
0: Shame and germs. That's what you shed as you're walking by me. And I'm judging you as you're looking. I'm looking at you as you're walking. I'm like, you probably aren't going to sit next to me. I'm judging you by your hair color or the 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 last time you shaved or your clothing you can't afford first class get in the back go back to the bathrooms 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages i'm not as snooty that's a lie as you think it's a jason rancho